My son Jess, he, he died uh, on the 11th of October 2018. He, he took his life. He just started at UEA, University of East Anglia, to study law, um, which is what he wanted to do. He was following his dream and he took his life just two weeks into the course. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm very excited, finally, I've got Bev Bishop on the line. So we haven't actually met in person, but we were introduced by a dear friend, Ben Ackers, who was also on the podcast recently. Uh, and he just was like, you've got to speak to Bev. Her story is amazing. She's the person to get on your show. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun to have you right in the middle of isolation and quarantine and all the rest of the drama that's probably testing some of our resilience a little bit again. Um, give our listeners a little bit of insight into, I know you do hypnotherapy, you're an actor, you do work with medical clients, like all sorts of things. Give us a little insight into what you do and, I mean, what are you passionate about at the moment? What am I pa- I'm passionate about people, I think, which is probably why I do all of those things. You're a very busy lady. Um, I'm, I probably to, do too many things, probably not well enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that sense because um, I, I like people and I like connecting with people and looking at at different ways of connecting with people. Do you um, also find it hard to say no, like many of us women do? I find it almost impossible. <laughs> to say no. Almost impossible to say no. I think as a freelancer, there is that fear of, sure. can I afford to say no? But I think I, I'm a natural people pleaser as well, a little bit. And I find myself going, oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, oh, I can, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I can fit that in. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. And then I get off the phone or after I've sent the email and then I think, why did I do that? Yeah. Why did I do that? I don't really want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what's the downside of that sort of cycle? Obviously, there's great upsides. I'm sure people everywhere. It's lovely because there are times when I've said yes and I've been unsure and I'm thinking, I'm so glad I said yes, because that was a brilliant project. The downside is yet doing too many things and not enough time and then feeling that I'm not doing all those things well enough and then feeling a bit bad about myself. And then worried yeah. about letting other people down. That's a big old conditioned yeah. fear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Letting, letting people down. So how are you finding isolation and just um, less work, I imagine? Uh, is that- well, not, well, if I found, to be absolutely blunt, it's all stopped. I, ha- I have nothing. Yeah. Um, although I'm still keeping really, really busy. Sure. Um, it sounds like a terrible thing to say, given what's going on. And there are thousands of people dying. Um, but actually it's given me permission to stop, um, and to breathe and to reflect 
and to really look at what is important and to get myself into a, a different rhythm and a, a different routine. And I feel really awful saying that because this is a terrible thing that's happening. Um, but for me, I'm actually finding myself feeling more at peace with myself. And I, I mean, I just completely relate to what you're saying, having that external, because of an external event, regardless of what it is. And of course, we have total empathy and sympathy for people who are struggling in a bigger way. But on being on that relentless wheel, right, of action, giving, giving, showing up, you know, and yeah. not really giving ourselves. And, and I think the fear piece around money can sometimes just be a narrative of like, let me just keep moving, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because I've been saying to family and friends, I know, I know I need to stop. I'm doing too much. I do. I'm so tired. I need to stop. I need to stop. But then I never did stop. And now I've stopped. You've had to. Yeah. Why do you think you, cause you, so you had the self-awareness and perhaps the physical like uh impact or you had clues. I could feel myself flagging. It was money. It was money. It was fear okay. of not being able to manage which is interesting because now I'm in a position where yeah. all the income has stopped. Um, I don't have savings. And even, even though the government have said that they'll help out, you know, it's kind of complex being a free, freelancer. It is. Um, and I'm not really worried about money anymore, which is interesting given that seemed to be the driving force of not being able to stop. Now I'm, I have to stop and I don't have any income coming in. I'm thinking, oh, I'll manage. Oh, it'll be all right. It's, interesting, it's, that. It's really interesting. Really. Do you really think, and I know we can't predict the future, but do you think this could impact your perspective on the, the amount or the way that you were working uh, prior to this? I hope so. I hope I don't go back to how I was. It's easily done. I that. hope I don't. Um, my concern with a lot of this, because I, I can see that a lot you know, within this pandemic, I'm seeing there's, there's so much goodwill mm -hmm. and a sense of community and people wanting to help. I hope, I hope that once it's all over, we don't all just go back to how we were before. I really hope that doesn't happen. And I hope that I don't. Yeah. How do you want to be moving forward from this? Given that you still need now. to earn money. <laughs> do what I am doing now, but earning some money at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Get some money, chill out a little Get bit. Get some money, chill out a bit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm developing a new show at the moment. So in a way, it's, it feels a bit like I'm in a writer's retreat. So You're creative. Yeah. because I'm creating stuff and and actually what's interesting because I'm a complete technophobe I really am technology Ooh. frightens me and this has forced me to have to engage with it that's true and, and I've been running online laughter sessions for people which is something I never never dreamed that I would do yeah um, and I'm finding those sessions a, a real joy a, a real sorry I was just turning my phone that's right that's right um I'm finding these sessions a real a real joy and a genuine connection with people um doing 15 minutes of laughter at nine o'clock and ten o'clock uh, in the morning as a way to start the day and I never in a month of Sundays thought I'd be running those kind of sessions no no never in a month of Sundays so it, in a sense I've embraced the technology which still frightens me 
but it's I guess maybe it's somebody who I, I I like people I like connecting it's forced me to do something about it well and that's always the positive and we get to choose how we view some of these things right so being forced to learn a new skill or put ourselves out there in a way that we wouldn't normally be comfortable with uh can can really be uh interesting and a choice I believe like we can choose how we view some of this stuff um now yeah. you're you're working on this new show and, and I know it's been inspired by personal experience. And the essence, I guess, of this podcast is helping us think about what are the things in our life that build our resilience, our character, and I, I guess, inspire creativity in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know your story is, is, is pretty intense. Talk us through just some of those uh, maybe rock bottom points for you. And what was your story that led up to essentially creating this, this show, which I want to hear about in a minute? Okay, um, my son Jess, um, he he died uh, on the 11th of October 2018, he, he took his life, um, he just started at UEA, University of East Anglia, to study law, um, which is what he wanted to do, he was following his dream, um, and he took his life just two weeks into the course um so here i am 18 months this is very recent yeah it's really recent yeah yeah um last year i think possibly part of my grieving process and me being somebody who is creative i think um i use my creativity to help process my feelings last year I um I made a film which was based on the final days I I spent with him in the funeral home before I before he was buried Mm. um it's called five five days to say goodbye um I don't believe I'd got to the funeral without spending the time I did with Jess in the funeral home I went to see him every single day and talked until I had nothing else to say, which I think enabled me to to close the door um, on that final day when I did say goodbye and I kissed him on the forehead um, and I got to the funeral. Um, those moments were really special to me and I and I made a film last year which was um my memories of those moments it's 20 minutes long and um it gave me a focus um it also brought me closer to him because i was remembering those really precious times um and the film was shown on the first anniversary of his death uh, which was last October, um, the 11th of October. Um, and it's something I'm really proud of. And it's a piece about love and it's a piece about grief, uh, my my grief. Um, and the promise I made to him is that I'd live a good life for him and, and for me. Um, and then the second year, I can feel my voice wobbling a little bit. 
in some ways I'm finding it more difficult. The, the pain feels more intense than the first year. Um, maybe the anaesthetic of shock has worn off. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm feeling things so much more intensely. And I guess as, as a way again of processing where I'm at, I'm developing a show. It'll be a live show. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us about the show. It's called Finding Magic. Um, and it's about me finding magic again after the loss of my son, who was my magic. He gave me, he gave me joy. He, he was that sparkle in my life. Um, we had so much fun together. We played together. We laughed so much together. So I guess losing him, I feel like I lost my joy. Um, to some extent, or a large extent. So I guess this show is about me finding that magic again, and it and it's my my process. Um, it it's going to be a one woman show, and what interests me is as as an actor, I spend my life being somebody else. Yeah, and. Last year, I did quite a number of presentations of speaking quite honestly as a mum, just a mum, yeah. Jess's mum, about me and my boy, and simply standing on stage, no props, nothing, just being me and sharing my story and my experiences, just me without hiding behind a character. And what um, I'm really keen to do with this show is to be just me, telling the audience my story, sharing with them my, my experience, but doing it creatively and hopefully with lots of laughter because that's something we ingested a lot together. Laughter is really important to me. Um, is my practice of choice, so to speak. I, I, I literally do laugh every day mm-hmm. because it, it helps me, it really releases endorphins, it, it de-stresses yep. me. I also love humour and comedy has gotten me through, humour's got me through a lot of difficult situations. So I hope the show, whilst obviously is going to have serious moments because it's my journey through grief, I hope that it will also be really funny too because that part, that's part of me yeah, yeah yeah i like to still have fun even though sometimes i don't always feel it but it's it, it it's part of me i love um, that and so many people might do something like this mm-hmm. sort of in a bit more hindsight you know um, uh-huh. they might know you know they might have built that resilience that character and you have all of those qualities obviously but it sounds very much, before we started recording, you were saying, I don't know the ending yet, right? No, I don't know where the ending, because I haven't found my magic yet. Right, right. So you're literally, and, and as the, the initial documentary as well, it sounds like you were very much doing it in process, right? Yeah. So, so like, I'm still figuring this out, but I want to get it out in some kind mm-hmm. of medium. And it's, yeah. it's, it's almost the process of doing that, that, that helps you find 
your answers, your closure? Yeah, it does. Um, the film that helped me enormously, um, but I knew what the end was. To an extent, it was already written, and I was I was writing from based yeah. on what I remembered. This is different in that I'm still in the process You're of it. it. Um, so I'm I'm kind of writing as I, as I go along, um, and I'm thinking about things and jotting things down, um, acting things out, so to speak. So I talk to myself quite a lot. <laughs> I works, walk right? lot. <laughs> okay. I, I walk. I walk quite a lot, Movement. and and as I'm walking, I, I'm thinking about different scenes. Um, I talk to friends a lot about it. I'm I'm interested in the word magic, finding magic. So I've been thinking about what is magic, what is it, and I think it's different for for different people sure. there are so many different means and meanings of what magic is and i'm thinking do i have magic now or is it all completely gone if i do what is it where do i get it from I and also i guess be- because i guess i'm an entertainer i'm thinking do you know what i'm going to learn some magic for this show <laughs> yes of i'm literally going to do some magic yeah um which again, that's a fun thing. That's another fun thing. Because, and, and it's a challenge. It's something that I can focus on and think, okay, what kind of magic tricks am I, am I going to learn? How is that going to be incorporated into the show so that it's not just me just doing a trick? It, it's Sure, it's something that fits into it's the narrative. Yeah. And fits into the narrative. In, you also, you started talking about this pretty early on in the grief process as well, it seems. So, so talking as a mom, you said, as, you know, in, in your role as yourself, like what prompted you to be on a bigger stage with this, I, mean, I want to say horrific story, you know, an experience. And it's not a story, it's an experience. What prompted you to do that? Um... I think I had a need to share my story. And I think, I'm going to start crying again. I want everybody to remember my son's name. He was such a, um, a wonderful, oh, he's difficult. My God, he was difficult. Was he? So difficult. <laughs> you know, um, I make no bones about that. He wasn't the easiest. But my goodness, he was such a character, such a personality. And... I think he he touched so many people, and I want that to continue. So I I, I think perhaps it, it's by talking about him and talking about my experience, it keeps him with me. You get to remember and him. I get to remember him, but I also, I think it's the desire that I want, I'm calling it magic now, but I think it's where my head is, but I want him him to touch other people who may not have have met him because for me he was such a remarkable force so I think it's it's a need I had to to share my experience yeah Yeah. and some people would almost shut all of that down in uh in in perhaps the the privacy the shame the the personal grief, not wanting people to see their own emotion or, and and you've essentially, um, and and I guess there's, there's these lofty views of like, 
purpose and let's prevent it from happening again and things like that. But I love what you're saying from this heartfelt place, which is simply, this is me. Like I need to tell the story for me uh-huh. and to remember him and allow his name to be remembered, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, so want, beautiful. I, I want him to be remembered. And, and I think every time I talk about him, it's an expression of love because I love him. I still love him so much. And I, and I do feel that perhaps the depth of grief I feel equates the depth of love that I have for him. And I guess I want to keep on expressing that love because he's not there to give it to him. But I still feel a need to express the love that is there always in whichever way possible in whichever yeah. way and I guess that's my and I I, I guess I'm, I'm doing it publicly um, I love it yeah I love it now I'm, I'm I mean I'm welling up here and <laughs> I've got a 16 year old son uh, yeah. I work in the mental health space I very much know that um, suicide is one of the biggest killers of men young men yeah. as you'll, you'll be aware of um, and I just picture you and I'm seeing your emotion telling your story and I'm just imagining like what if it was my 16 year old who yeah. has just as you described Jesse his his whole life in front of him he seems ambitious uh excited about the world um of course every teenager you're going to have your your challenges and all of that how do like I can't even fathom how one would get out of bed the next morning or how like I imagine that you would go into detective overdrive what are the signs that i missed what could i have done that that whole cycle and i'm just curious about and and perhaps it's in your 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 documentary which i i I actually can't wait to see um but what is that process in the lead up and then the, the 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 making sense of and of course you had those i say beautiful but you know what i mean five days to find some kind of closure within the sudden loss uh-huh. Did you see it? Could anyone see it coming? Did he have mental health issues? Like what yes, was going did, on? He did have mental health issues. Yes, he did. Um, they started, well, as far as I know, they sure. started when he was 16. They, they may have been there from childhood. I, sure. I, 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 I don't know, but sure. it, I, I was aware of it when he was 16. He, he developed an, an eating disorder. Um, he suffered from self issues around self-esteem. He was a beautiful boy, mm-hmm. so beautiful, so handsome. But he 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 had um, it's the internal world, isn't it? Yeah, the might, internal yeah. world. And 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 his and he developed depression. He, he spoke to me quite openly about it. Okay. Um, he'd been to his GP. Um, he'd. He was offered counselling that didn't work for him. I think perhaps he didn't find the right person. I, 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 I don't know. Um, it was a battle. He did battle with it. Sure. The difficulty I have is I didn't see it coming. I didn't. Um, I knew he had mental health issues. I knew how serious they were. Um, he did tell me he knew what would ha- what he was going to do with his life he he more or less told me that at some point he'd take his life it was more a question of when which as a as a mom what do you do with that information no. but he said he knew at some point 
he and knew you, how his life would end away right and as a mum I couldn't do anything to take the pain away however however he seemed to have I don't mean overcome it because I'm not sure whether you ever really, really can. Um, you can Turn perhaps learn to live with it. Yeah. Oh, but he'd 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 got the exam results that he needed. Okay. He just started university, which was his dream. It was the university he wanted to go to. He wanted to study law uh, in. Um, as part of the course, he was meant to go abroad and study. He decided he wanted to study in Berlin. Um, his life was ahead of him, and it seemed like things were just starting to work out after him having some tricky, tricky times. And it seemed like just when things were starting to work out, he ended his life. Um, so in that way, I... I didn't see it coming. I, I knew that he'd only been at uni two weeks. And of course. Some, some, some days he said to me, I, I don't know whether I'm fitting in. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about but this. You but you wouldn't uh, but I draw just that conclusion. It's the same thing as thousands of other students are going through the same yeah. problems. Yeah. Fitting in, starting Transition. a new life. Mm -hmm. He was in halls of residence. He was away from home. Although I only live in Cromer, so and he's got a car, or he had a car, um, mm -hmm. could, and he was coming home weekends. Um, so I had no, no clue. No. What I settle with, and this this is really genuine, um, and it helps. He made a choice, and I have to accept it. And I have to respect it because it was his choice to make, not mine. Yeah. Not mine. And he, I think, I, know, I will never, never know. I suspect in that moment, however long that moment lasted, however long that moment lasted, he felt his life was unendurable, so he, he did something about it. Mm -hmm. And I have to accept that. I wish it was different, but it's not, and I can't change it. So I have to accept it. Yeah, it's it's a powerful message um, yeah. about choice. And yeah. as much as we might go over and over, it's not in our control, right? I can't change it. No. And maybe I never could. No. I don't. I don't know. I, I, you know, I wish things were different, but they're not. And the hardest thing is, I do rewind a lot. I rewind constantly. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, but I still can't think of what I could have done differently on that day or the day before, of course, or the day of before, in order to have made it better for him, in order for him to have made a different decision. Do you, and this might feel, feel like a left field question, but it's coming from my perspective of me yeah. coping with some trauma that's happened in my own past. Do you feel that your relentless busyness in life, right, um, is partly kind of a coping strategy in order to, because it's kind of hard to sit with the space of thinking and of reminiscing or all of the, the stuff that happens in the silence? You, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, last year I knew what I was doing. I knew, I knew what sure. I was doing. Sure, sure, sure. There was very much the financial thing going on. I of need course. to keep working. I need to keep working. I'm freelance. I don't have that luxury of taking time off. But equally, I wasn't just working. I was socialising. I was making a film. Yeah. I was, I was, An emotive film as well. An emotional film because I think I was frightened yes. to simply be and to sit with the pain. Uh, now I have no choice because yeah. I'm home alone. <laughs> um, I have no, I have no work. Um, there's been, there's been howling because I think it's all been there. Oh, it's building just, up. It's just been, it's been waiting. It's well, absolutely. Been waiting to, yeah. You know, to go so, to be felt is what I want to felt. say. Yeah, and and releasing. Felt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so hard, and I relate to this so much and can work myself to burn out symptoms of yeah. heart palpitations, feeling more anxious, hard to focus, real physical type symptoms. And I have to question, you know, why is it so difficult for me to just, the world's not going to end as we realize now with, you know, your forced uh, sort of isolation and yeah, stopping. Yeah. yeah. And that actually the release comes through the feeling, but with something as sort of huge as you're describing, like the loss of a child, like I just can't even fathom that experience. I've got two. Um, uh, there's something around just not being able to, like feeling that you'll fall apart forever. If I sit with this grief, what if I can never get up again? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's overwhelming. It's quite overwhelming, but you know what? It's not killed me. Well, and what I'm seeing in your essence and in, in the, the projects that you're working on and, and the speaking about it and really being vulnerable and putting yourself out there is this beautiful purpose out of the pain. So yeah. something that's impacting lives, uh, the creativity that's, that's supporting you, but also the audience. So I can imagine anybody in your talks, I mean, I'm just having uh, this conversation with you now and I feel impacted, um, much less the five days where you spend with I mean, you know, to, to process, because it would have been such a shock. Um, and so there's both, there's this turning of, of pain into purpose, but really from, I need to heal myself. Like, how do I get through this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. have any other, and I know that grief is not linear. Like you said, it's a really powerful for you to say the second year feels actually Worse. Much harder. It's harder. Oh my goodness! I can't compare last year to this year. My goodness! Um, this year is there are no words actually for for how this year is compared to last year. It's so much more difficult for me. And what do you put that down to? Is it just the the passing of time, just for you personally? So it's not going to apply to everyone. Put, yeah, for, and I'm aware it, it we're all different, and and I can see the grief in Jesse's dad and his brother Sam, and we're all dealing with it completely differently. For me, there might be the reality of he's not coming back. Yeah, he's really, he's not coming back. It's almost he's surreal really that first year. Whereas the first year, it, I mean, I knew, I knew it, I can barely even say the word death, but he, I knew he was dead. I, it's hard to say that word. I knew, but it was like I was living in a surreal nightmare. I was, I was in my own film, which was 
observing yourself kind of having these experiences yeah 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 there was part of me felt almost detached from it that I, I could almost see myself getting on with my day-to-day life just numb a bit. but I was I was quite numb whereas this year I can feel the it's a physical pain I'm feeling it's 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 in my chest and it's so physical sometimes I think I don't know whether I can bear this pain any longer but I can and I will um, it, it's so physical and I cry quite a lot I didn't cry very much last year mm-hmm. um, I find myself crying quite you know quite a lot I, I just feel more sensitive mm-hmm. this year feeling things generally more not just pain but I'm feeling everything more so sure. I, 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 I laugh quicker but I also feel anger quicker it just feels like I, I'm more finely tuned yeah. this year, but almost to the extreme where yeah. I think, oh, I wish I wasn't quite so, so sensitive. Let me like just that. numb out just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something um, really interesting almost, and it almost sounds cruel to say this to you, but there it has been some kind of gift within this trauma and that's not to take away the, the pain of it and the horrificness, you know, obviously we would all wish that it had never happened, but there's something about that heightened awareness that I think I get to hear on this podcast because I have so many different conversations about people's trauma and the things that they've gone, gone through uh-huh. and hearing that like, and then something woke up in me or my, my best work came after that, or I was able to give in the ripple effect of, you know, me tell, talking about Jesse and talking about um, who he was and, you know, um, that there's some kind of gift, even when we're in the thick of it, like we're just in the worst pain. I mean, you describe it so eloquently. You're obviously an actress and know what you do, you're doing. But like just um, the, the physical, it's a physical pain, not just an emotional pain. Yeah. What are some of, and I know it, you've just got to feel the feels, work through it, but you've stayed at work and busy and doing lots of things. Uh-huh. How do you, how have you, I want to say coped. It feels just like a shitty word for this. But like, how do you, what do you, I know you laugh a lot. Do you have a morning routine? Are there certain things that you try and people you connect with? Has anything radically changed besides obviously the, 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 the loss of Jesse within your lifestyle? I get up and show up. Yeah. Actually, I get up and show up because I made a promise to him. I promised him I'd live the best life. And, and on the days when I find it hard, I get up and show up because that's what he'd want me to do. He wouldn't, he wouldn't want me to give up. He'd, he'd be, he, he said to me, mother, he used to call me mother to wind me up. Hmm. He said, mother, he said, everything goes wrong in your life always, but you're like the phoenix rising. You're like the phoenix rising. You know, nothing seems to get on top of you. Whatever happens, you, you just rise again. How do you do that, mother? And, I, well, I'm doing it now because I love him and I will. Because he'd be so disappointed in me if I simply crumpled. So it's almost essentially his voice yeah. in your head, in your heart. Yeah. That kind of does that push for you. That how would he feel? What am I? What do I choose to do within this? Yeah, 
and there are times when I can hear his voice saying, um, I won't swear because we're on a podcast, but... Um, <laughs> you can swear. We don't mind swearing here. Yeah, okay. I can hear his voice. Oh, for fuck's sake, mother. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Just get on with it. <laughs> and and there, there are times when I'm, when I'm dithering, because one thing I've noticed, two things um, that I'm really struggling with, one's decision-making. I'm struggling to make a decision. Which can be a sign of burnout too. Yeah. It's just hard. It feels too confused. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle to make decisions. And also I'm finding it too difficult to process the written word. Sure. And those two things I'm really, really struggling with, but particularly with the dithering over decision-making, especially decisions that are not that important. Um, I can hear his voice. Oh, for fuck's sake, mother, just make a decision and get on with it. (laughs) Is it important? No, mother, just oh, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the fact that I do, I, I can still hear his voice loud and clear. I, what I'm slightly worried about is, will there reach a time when I can't quite remember the sound of his voice? Mm-hmm. Will that ever happen? I hope it doesn't, but it's a, it's a fear I do have yes. because at the moment it's loud and clear. And his expression is loud and clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the not knowing. It's not. It's the not knowing how it will end, right? And we're yeah. talking about your show, but also the the life thing. And we we talked before yeah. we started just about the messy middle. And I loved you were like, I'm in it. You know, I don't know how it's yeah. going to end, but I'm choosing to show up, uh, wake up, show up every single day. Yeah, I wake up and show up because because what else can I do? So that's yeah. what I'll do yeah day on day on day i will and if need be i'll put some lipstick on because it does help <laughs> it does, it does. and do some laughter therapy right get some lipstick yeah. on now i know this would i imagine be the most horrific thing that has happened in your life i can i can only imagine um it would be for for me but do you think that in the lead up to this most horrific thing yeah. that that you had opportunity to build resilience and I, and I know nothing can prepare us for something like this but yeah. but you do yeah. have you, you you just have the strength of character that is choosing to hear his voice and to listen to that bit mm-hmm. you could be listening to another bit that could could propel you into staying in bed and not yeah, yeah. Up, right so yeah, you, there's something within I you so. I guess that so. is, in my opinion choosing to hear that him saying for fuck's sake get on with it uh-huh rather than life's really hard i don't know if i can get up which he, yeah, it sounds yeah. like he would have had times of like do you think that there were bits that built your character and built your resilience in order for you to cope in the best way that you can and be, be almost sharing this in the, on the platforms that you are well it's a good question um things haven't always been easy uh in a number of different ways i think life isn't easy yeah, yeah, yeah. life isn't easy i think that possibly there have been some significant moments um one thing is sam and jesse's dad uh, were not together were very very good friends um unfortunately he was involved in a road traffic accident 10 years ago which left him paralyzed um that was a traumatic Very. event. Um, we weren't together. Then we'd been split up five years. Um, as a family, we pulled together through that. Um, very, very traumatic. 
Um, again, it's one of those uh, road traffic accidents. Don't expect Random, it. Yeah. It suddenly happens and you don't see it coming. I re remember receiving a phone call from the childminder, actually. Um, I think I had to build up resilience because my children were 11. I might get their ages wrong now. I think they were 11 and 9. 9 like, and yeah. That's right, yeah. Sam, if you've gone to secondary school. Um, I couldn't afford to fall apart. Right. Because they needed me. They needed their mom. So you had to show up for them yeah. then. Yeah. I, I had to show up for them because their dad, well, at that time, he then went to a hospital in Sheffield, which is quite some way from where we are in Norfolk. Um, and they were so young and um, they reacted in different ways, actually, in completely different ways. But I, I had to make sure that I was together because there was more at stake than just me. It was it was about the boys as well and making sure that they were all right through this. So in a um, way, you had an interesting practice round of I, showing up for someone else, showing up for the kids and, and yeah. just needing to be the strong one. Uh, and now the circumstances are very different, but in a similar way, you're 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 doing something uh, with Jesse's voice in your in your head. And I imagine um, I, I I don't want to pry too much, but um, deal. It's Sam still around, right? And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and so. that's just it. And and that's one thing that I'm very very mindful of. Um, yeah. That Sam is still here. Yes. I I I will always have two children. Yes. My youngest will always be 20. My eldest is now 24. And he's still here. He's still here. And he still needs his mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's grown up. He's a, he's a grown up man. Sure. Um, I'll always be his mum. Yes. <laughs> and I yeah. always, you know, want to be there for him. Um, and I'm really mindful of that and sometimes I've caught myself and I'm thinking oh my goodness am I am I am I am I, am I talking about Jess too much now is Sam feeling left out because Sam's still yeah, Sam's yeah, still yeah. here um and would be dealing with I, his own grief in his own way wouldn't it I mean he's dealing with it really dealing with it bless him it, um yeah he's dealing with it in his own way and th th this the show that um that I'm writing partly the word magic, finding magic. Sam was crazy about magic when he was growing up. He used to drive me crackers <laughs> with, with magic tricks. He wanted to be a magician when he was growing up. So, so I, I'm actually dedicating this show to him. Oh, I love that. So I even though that. it's about my process and it's going to be on Jess's second anniversary, I'm dedicating the show to Sam because he loved magic and I'm asking him to teach me some magic tricks. Oh, which is so connecting yeah. as well. Um, before I ask my final question, if people are interested in the show and what's going to happen or finding out more about you and the things that you do, where can they get in touch? The easiest way I think probably to get in touch with me is through my website and there are no details of the show yet because I'm right in the middle of it, sure although there's, there's details about other bits of me, so to speak. It's uh, beverlybishop.co.uk. 
Lovely. We'll add that into the show notes. And finally, just from your heart, I don't know, because I'm not saying you're an expert, but you're an expert by experience. If there is a mom on the show or a brother or somebody who's lost somebody in this way, what advice would you give to them? I know that's so broad, but what might you say to just help them get through? Love. That's all. It's love. Just, just love. That's all we can do is love our children and love each other. And that's all I have really, love. Mm. What a powerful lesson, especially in these uncertain times. Bev, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through petrabelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.